Are you good at general knowledge? Let's start this episode with another quiz. Which country has the largest number of startups per capita in the world? Do you have an answer? The answer is Israel. With a population of around 8.5 million, it has the largest number of startups per capita in the world, around one startup per 1,400 people. Question two: Which country did Skype, Bolt, and TransferWise start and come from? Do you have an answer? The answer is Estonia. In 2017, Estonia places third in Europe regarding the number of startups per capita, and this number is likely to be much higher now. In 2020, in the first half, there was a total of 142.7 million euros invested in Estonian startups. That's a very big number for such a small country. As a newbie to the startup world, these numbers surprised me. When I think of entrepreneurship, I think of the big cities such as Silicon Valley, New York, London, etc. Seeing such small cities such as Tel Aviv and Tallinn surprised me. I was curious as to how these two countries grew into the startup powerhouses today, and produces results that ranks high globally and the origin of the most influential unicorns in the world. I wondered if there were a few things that the UK ecosystem could learn from. So I got in contact with Asaf from Israel, chief of the website Startup Stash, the world's biggest online directory of resources and tools for startups and entrepreneurs. And he is also the co-founder of Gorilla Buzz, which aims to redefine blockchain marketing.、Um, I would say he's a pretty tech-savvy guy, but anybody with blockchain in their resume is automatically very impressive to me. In Estonia, I got in touch with Christian and Karen. Christian is the co-founder of Video CV, an interactive video recruitment platform that restores the human nature of HR, using analytics to help companies find the best candidates. Karen is the co-founder of Visory, where they use advanced AI to analyze security camera footage into valuable insights and resources. Both are ideas that re-innovates how current business service softwares are used. I actually have never spoke to anybody from these two countries, and I was excited to broaden my horizons outside of the UK. You could say I was acting upon my findings from the previous episode, developing my commercial mindset in a sense. And this is what I found. Start your computations. Last episode, we talked about how the UK education system is like a funnel, where you are encouraged to specialize as you study more. This leads to fewer opportunities to explore other disciplines and develop the student's curiosity and commercial mindset. So, how does Israel and Estonia's education system foster more entrepreneurial mindsets in young people? This is how Israel does it. Yeah. So one of one of the best thing that that's actually happening with within the universities and college that we have in Israel is the fact that you always take other courses that aren't necessarily related to your degree. So, for example, computer science student can take different courses in business management or economics, and that that way when you diversify people and you introduce them to a whole new you know topics and subjects. That aren't necessarily around their core of studies. 
then that what gives you the ability to look at things from other perspective. So, for example, if I study computer science and I take you know, a business management course or a psychology course, then that gives me a whole different perspective of how things and which problems I can resolve as, as someone who has a, technolo- you know, a technological background. And once again, I keep on saying that, but the fact that the ecosystem is relatively small and it's really easier for you to get connected with other people within, you know, all across different fields and verticals. So I think that the tighter the ecosystem is, the easier it is for young entrepreneurs to take part in. Because this access to knowledge and, and resources, that is something that is, in my opinion, the most important thing to really establish a startup culture. Once again, I'm going back to our mandatory uh, military service because that's what basically, that's what's breaking the barriers between I'm a young kid who came from Rehovot, for example, which is where I grew up. And suddenly I get to know people from all across the country from, who have, you know, from different cultures and different backgrounds. And that, let, that gives me a lot of insights and connections that I can later on leverage. But if you grow up in, in your small town or even a big town, but in the same neighborhood, and then you go study in, in your local school or even local university, and you keep on staying within the same circles that you grew up with, you're never going to be exposed you know, to new cultures and new people that will help you get you where you want to be. A lot of what Asaf said reconfirms my findings from the previous episode. The more diverse your network and experiences, the more you can tackle problems from different angles. It seemed that in Israel, the mandatory military service is a huge reason for prepping young people for startup success. On the other hand, the average Estonian student is similar to the UK, where you are expected to finish higher education as soon as possible. They also don't have a mandatory military service. So how did they cultivate an entrepreneurship encouraging environment during university? Karen had some thoughts. I think it's a more cultural thing rather than an educational thing. Because if you think Estonia has only been independent for around 30 years now, exactly 30 years from the Soviet uh, mm. occupation, um, I grew up in a household where if you didn't have anything, you made it yourself. My dad would build a TV out of four like pieces of wood and all the leftover stuff he has from five broken TVs. So you kind of grew up with the mindset of if it doesn't exist, I'll make it. So um, it, it's just around you in the way you're raised which I think carries into everything people do. But also entrepreneurship is widely talked about, specifically that term, being an entrepreneur, being Hmm. entrepreneurial. um, It's covered extensively in all sorts of uh, voluntary uh, clubs and and so forth. Estonia actually had one of our youngest uh, patent holders is a lady called Karoli Hindrix. She was 16 when she developed Hmm. this soft toy come uh, reflector. So reflectors are compulsory items to wear in Estonia in wintertime. And she kind of, I guess, said, was one of yeah. the, the girls who set a precedent to, oh, you can actually become an inventor at such a young age. So there's a TV show now called Ayoya, basically translates back to hunting for a brain, mm. where um, a, a panel of people is looking for the most um, attractive business idea amongst anybody, like students, uh, young mm. people, etc. There's a lot of that kind of stuff happening in the media, 
in the uh, third sector in terms of NGOs who support this kind of mindset, uh, youth clubs, entrepreneurial clubs. It's a big thing for Estonian uh, kids to set up their own student companies. So they do that when they're in high school and they monetize what they do. Uh, some of my friends only buy from those companies when it comes uh, when Christmas comes around just to support them. Like having been to a uni in the UK, even the term and being an entrepreneur wasn't it's just a too broad a term. So you would always talk about specializing yes. into something rather than maybe being a generalist or setting yeah. up a company or it wasn't even I don't think it was ever even discussed and I've been to four different three different units four four different units now this proved to me that Estonia is a nation where entrepreneurship runs through its blood the self-starter attitude is introduced at early stages the society ecosystem positively responds to early ventures so maybe a small gesture such as supporting young companies can massively encourage a startup environment Here's another question for you. What do startups in Israel and Estonia have in common? They both have a lot of tech startups. Tel Aviv is usually cited as Israel's high-tech mecca, having successful acquisitions to big US companies such as Google acquiring Waze for $1.3 billion dollars in 2013. The most popular startup sector in Tallinn are all tech-related, with the most being in business service software. So how did this tech-centric culture come about? This was particularly interesting in Estonia. That really was, again, a combination of things. So the Soviet days saw education in physics, chemistry, uh, mechatronics, all that stuff was very, very good quality. I mean, still to this day, you can get extremely qualified engineers from Ukraine, from Russia, etc. It's just STEM was a, a big thing. And some of that's probably carried, carried on. It's just because the Soviet Union collapsed didn't mean that the universities packed up. The same teachers just kept on teaching the same courses, but in a different now liberated country. And mm. then uh, you, you mentioned role models. So Skype became the first role model of somebody. Estonia used to have this stereotype of a skinny lanky young dude with long hair in a in a bun or in a ponytail kind of coding away looking pasty and then boom skype came and those pasty ponytail guys became millionaires um so that's a set a massive yeah. precedent that okay being a tech company and a startup can make you a millionaire so we call it the mushrooms after the rain startups popped up everywhere skype founders set up their own vc fund started investing back into Estonia, which can generated more companies, which have generated oh, wow. exits, which now have started. So basically my own company, we are raising a seed round now and half the money is coming, even more is coming from investors here. We don't even have to go regional. Estonia being yeah. such a tiny country can now put up a lot of venture, uh, venture capital for its uh, startups. It only takes one really successful role model to kickstart an ecosystem rapidly. I was really impressed how the Skype co-founders reinvested the money back into Estonia to build its community and encouraging more tech ventures. But lots of tech companies mean lots of technical people. How do young people get equipped with the coding and technical skills to join the vibrant tech startup scene? This is how Israel and Estonia does it. 
Yeah, we have a, a pretty big intelligent unit uh, and computer units uh, all across the IDF. So there's, there, there are some people, uh, for example, that study physics or math uh, or computer science in high school and done pretty well and excelled. And now they get recruited to, you know, some of the most elite uh, Israeli military uh, intelligent unit. And think about this way, you, you're, you're what, you're 18, 19 years old, and suddenly you have this endless resources and ability to really learn and leverage yourself and your skills. Uh, and this is something that I, I don't think any other place in the world has it. So the fact that you give young kids uh, the tools to educate themselves and the resources that they're pretty, you know, they're endless because that's, that's a military resources. So for example, if they need to use a satellite, they can use a satellite. They have access to really, really secret and high tech technology. Uh, so that's what really brings a lot of young, talented developers into the market itself. And that's why we have, you know, so many big companies like Facebook, Google, Amazon, who have their offices in Israel as well, because they are indeed very advanced and experienced, unlike other places in the world where you only get to acquire your experience after you graduate, you know, your college degree and you start a new job. Uh, over here, for people who serve in different intelligent and computer units, they already have it when they're 20 years old. Yeah, I would say the most popular one, or let's say it's not the accelerator, but it's like uh, hackathon organizers, let's say. Mm. Uh, it's Garage 48. They do the hackathons quite like regularly, and you can basically sign up with your idea. Just like last year, they in my high school, they started like a hackathon in high school. Basically, already in high school, they they did the hackathon, and it's it's uh, it, it's good to see that they already start in that young generation. Because I have two schoolmates uh, from my high school who are now like CEOs and founder of one uh, or two of the biggest startups in Estonia. So, and they both basically once one started in uh, in last uh, year in high school, and the other one started first year in university. So. So basically, the, the idea already were in his head during the high school. I also hypothesized that the reason why tech startups are so prominent in these two places is because of the size of the country. Israel and Estonia are both extremely small, and they have tiny domestic markets. This means that entrepreneurs already think how their ideas can expand internationally from the very start. The rate and scale of growth that can be achieved in a tech startup outweighs any other type of business, which explains its popularity. So what are the advantages of being in a small ecosystem? So, the, so when I talk about the ecosystem, I talk about you know, the setup and how easy it is for you as a student to access uh, multiple ways of, of getting knowledge and experience from other people, consult with other people from your military unit or from where you grew up. So the surrounding, the ecosystem that surround us as students and as entrepreneurs, that's something that definitely makes our life much easier 
when we approach this kind of a challenge. So there is always someone to talk to. There is always someone you can consult with. You, you, have, you always find someone who is connected to this, you know, this VC or knows this lawyer or, have, or has a connection. Uh, so the fact that the ecosystem is small, and also we don't have a lot of universities and colleges in Israel. So it's really, really small ecosystem. Eventually, if you want to get someone, uh, you, you get them uh, because it's very easy. As, as we are so small, you know, everyone knows everyone basically, or like if you yeah. need to reach someone, if you don't know him or her, you definitely know someone who knows him or her. So, uh, oh. yeah, definitely. Like cool. it's maximum like one call away to reach the right person you need to talk to. It's, wow. uh, So or, LinkedIn has no market here, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then oh, like, really? and and reaching companies as well. Basically, you can get like CEO number like that. Ninety uh, percent wow. of times, you get the number. <laughs> They like to call it that we have so low population and we are so small, so we are like a pointless country. But being a tech savvy, it's a, it's a, it's a win for us because we are small and we have so low population. It's it's so easy to implement something and to try something new and to test something new. So we can be really like leaders in in new like groundbreaking uh, new ideas to test out if it's working here. It's much easier to implement in a bigger country with the bigger population I think, uh, this is our like really unique selling point in in this uh, case i think what i learned is that on top of israel and estonia being small tight-knit communities the small domestic market leads to all entrepreneurs having the same common goal building an international business That reduces internal competition and fosters more collaboration within its hubs, forming a welcoming and reciprocal culture. But no startup ecosystem can grow as rapidly without some government support and incentives. In Israel, the government reduced corporate tax for tech companies from 25% to 6% to 12% and has stated its commitment to increase the number of skilled employees in the sector from 270,000 to 500,000 in the next 10 years. But what if you're in a country that is not as proactive as Israel? Asaf has some advice. Well, the government does play um, an instrumental role in, in you know, helping this ecosystem to thrive, uh, whether it's you know, um, an Israeli venture fund uh, that we have. Uh, and also, as I mentioned before, because that Israel is such a thriving and you know, innovative ecosystem, then we have a lot of VCs and angel investors who are constantly uh, looking for new investments and new startups. Uh, so I think it's both, obviously, the government uh, contribution and the way that they can help with subsidizing and funding, you know, early stage and even late stage companies. And the second part, which complement it, is obviously the ecosystem, which is which when you combine them both together, uh, you know, your country and the ecosystem, then that's what obviously brings great results. Uh, but once again, we are a relatively small country. So if I will compare myself to the UK, 
which is, I think, 10 or, or eight times bigger than, than the population of Israel. Uh, I think that maybe the best way to start will be start locally or, you know, within different cities uh, and then grow it bigger and bigger. You know, I don't know how involved the UK government is, but if they're not involved, then I definitely think that the people should play a part and, and start building and maintaining their own ecosystem. Building on this, Estonia is the epitome of what government support can do to accelerate a startup environment. The government underwent a massive digital transformation into a paperless system, lowering corporate taxes and working closely with startup communities. It makes starting a business easy and seamless, attracting lots of great talent. We enjoyed a really, really long period of stable government for 17 years, essentially the same party, the Reform Party. And um, they were extremely forward-looking, young, uh, youngish politicians who saw that by the only way to get ahead, being so small, is through education, knowledge, digitalization, through our brains, essentially. And um, I think the symbiosis of Skype, uh, forward-thinking, um, center-right governance properly paved the way in, into becoming this kind of digital first nation. But the key, the key thing has always been around, we're tiny, how can we make ourselves bigger? without spending too much money on multiple yeah. things. We don't manufacture, we don't export a lot. So, so what is it that we can find? And that, that's been um, knowledge. I think Israel and Estonia are examples of using knowledge and brains to conquer the startup world. Being small countries that have relatively less talent and resources, they leverage the tiny community to trial and test products to easily scale rapid designing revolutionary and innovative new tech solutions at the forefront of Industry 4.0. So just to sum up, why should you consider going to Israel and Estonia to start and build your idea? What are the unique selling points of these two cities? <laughs> um, elevator pitch. Wow. Uh, I, I never talked about the Israeli ecosystem as an elevator pitch, but I think that uh, the Israeli ecosystem is one of the world's most, you know, leading, most thriving, prospering, and successful ecosystem in the world. We have over 15 different publicly traded companies, over 10 different unicorns, and we, the Israeli ecosystem companies are raising around two, between one and a half to two billion dollars every quarter. Uh, so I think if, you know, if there's an ecosystem that you, that you want to take example from and you really want to learn from, then that's the Israel ecosystem for sure. I'm usually prepared for my elevator pitch when it comes to other things, but you're kind of like surprised me, but I'm okay. I would say that Estonia is one of the most vibrant, friendliest startup ecosystems to work in because it supports you. So all the questions that you would normally be afraid to ask, you can ask the people who've done it, who've been there, and there's no shame or stigma attached. It, it's, it's one of those things where you really can get ahead really quickly because of the push that that particular ecosystem gives you. So Sturnia is, is a really manageable, yet an area or an ecosystem that has a massive global reach. 
A few lessons I learned is that equipping young people with the technical skills as early as possible is advantageous. Having only just one breakthrough model, such as Skype, can revolutionize an entire ecosystem, and a close-knit, supportive community provides transparency and open discussions about entrepreneurship. This breaks down the barrier of entry for the average person to join. So, how can a big country like the UK implement this? I have some thoughts. We could reference this model in small grassroots communities around the country, and encourage more cross-region collaborations at start. Have the media present more about startups through programs and articles to keep a constant conversation. And what can you, listening, do? Spark a conversation with your network about entrepreneurship. Support young companies and arm yourself with the tech skills. If you're a young student, maybe start an entrepreneurship society in your school. It might prove useful in the future and will open your doors to more ideas. Have a go. Thank you, Asaf, Christian, and Karen, for sharing your valuable experiences. All their company details will be linked to this episode, and do support their amazing ideas. Next episode, we will dive deeper into more personal student founder stories. This time into medtech, a booming sector in the UK. We sit with Motech CEO and co-founder Harvinder about his journey of starting his company during university, actually through Kickstart. Stay tuned. Thank、you